0: Hello everyone and welcome to The Stagey Place, the podcast where we hear, chat to those who work behind the scenes in theatre to create the magic that you see on stage. And in today's episode I am sharing with you a wonderful interview with the writer Johnny Brace. Who is bringing his show, That's Ace, which originally premiered at this year's Vault Festival to the King's Head Theatre this year from the 2nd until the 6th of May 2023. So this episode is going out a week prior to the show. So hopefully after listening to the interview with Johnny today, you may want to book tickets for its run at the King's Head Theatre sitting down with Johnny and actually being able to talk about the show really made me feel excited for what the production has to offer. It's got a great concept and I'm sure you'll really love it from what Johnny has to say in this interview. So, without any further ado, here is episode 95 of The Stagey Place with writer Johnny Brooks. Hello Johnny and welcome to The Stagey Place. How are you doing today?
1: I'm very good today, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for coming on. Johnny, today we are talking about That's Ace, which is a production which debuted at the Vault Festival this year in 2022 and is heading to the King's Head Theatre in London from the 2nd until the 6th of May 2023. Johnny, you are the writer of the piece. How are you feeling today?
1: I'm very excited. Um, yeah. Obviously, we had a great time putting the show on at Vault um, got an amazing reception to it. And it's so exciting to now go to the King's Head and do it all again.
0: Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the show then and how it got picked up to then feature at the King's Head Theatre.
1: Yeah. So the show itself is about uh, an 18 year old girl who has lived a very sheltered life, but gets invited clubbing. But having never been clubbing before, she turns up 15 minutes before the club opens, thinking <laughs> that that's what you do. And basically the play is it's a one woman show of her waiting as the club slowly fills up, waiting for her crush to arrive. The person who invited her and she sort of spends that time figuring out whether her crush on this girl is romantic or platonic and kind of figuring out her own Asexuality as part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so we put it on at Vault, you know, we had a really great feedback. We got some lovely reviews and all that stuff. And then Tom Ratcliffe, who is one of the guest artistic directors at the Kings Head, he's putting on a season of work called A Queer Interrogation. messages he came to see the show on the Friday and had an amazing chat with us afterwards and was really, really loved the show. And I really loved chatting to him and really seemed to connect with it. Yeah. And wanted us as, as part of his season. And so we're now part of the a queer interrogation season at the King's Head, programmed by by Tom.
0: That is really exciting. We actually <laughs> had Tom on the podcast when he was talking about uh, Wreckage, which was in Edinburgh and then went to the Turbine Theatre. So it's really lovely for you to mention Tom. And yes, as you say, is doing the season at the King's Head Theatre. Tell me a little bit about the writing of the process then. Where did the idea actually come from? The, the
1: idea kind of came from a mixture of things. Very practically, it came from the fact that James, who's the producer of the show, Uh, messaged me and asked if I had a one person show. And at the time I didn't, but I was like, just give me like a week and a half, two weeks, and I'll come back to you with some pitches Uh, with the subtext being, please don't give it to anyone else. Just give me time. (laughs) Yeah. And then, I sort of worked up a couple of pitches for one person shows, but mainly the idea for this show came from a web series that I'd worked on during lockdown. And our performer, who is ace in the show, uh, Tiffany Marina Pearman, who's fabulous, had worked on a web series that I'd written. She played sort of a broadly similar character and we had lots of conversations that didn't really feature in the web series, but just about like her upbringing, her sexuality, her family her mum in particular like religion and how that played into the character and that was about six seven months before james messaged me and so i had all those conversations bubbling away in the back of my head i went to kent university and there's a club called venue and one of the first times i went to venue i arrived like 20 minutes after they opened and it was completely empty and it was weird because then it did just slowly fill up all that night uh, and somehow in my head all these conversations i've had with tiffany plus that kind of repressed memory of fresh and me clubbing at university. Kind of all coalesce into the show that we have now.
0: It's really funny when you're talking about the fact that the show centres around somebody who gets the club 15 minutes before it opens, that, you know, it feels natural to do that in theatre, I guess, you know, people would turn up early, you know, get their seats, make sure they're not, you know, having to make other people in the row stand up for them, if, you know, if they <laughs> need to get to the centre. But then, yeah, for clubbing, you know, usually turn up a couple of hours after it opens because they're still, you know, pre-drinking and stuff. So it's a really it's a really great concept, I think, for a show and um, sounds really exciting. Johnny, I want to talk to you a little bit about your writing writing so and what actually influenced you to become a writer so where did theatre start for you and where did the writing of theatre then come into play
1: um so I think I always enjoyed like performing at school and doing stuff like that. I'd done a couple of musicals at school, but really for me, writing started university. I joined like the drama societies and I did something over summer called the Canterbury Shakespeare Festival. Basically, I'd moved into a house to do the festival and it didn't have Wi-Fi for like the first three weeks. And I vaguely had this idea for a play, having been around creative people. And I was like, I've got nothing else to do in the house. I can't, you know, watch YouTube. So I was like, sure, I'll have a go at writing and just really enjoyed it. And then I think my brain went, oh, when the Wi-Fi gets turned back on, you'll lose focus and then just didn't and haven't haven't really stopped writing ever since. Yeah. And, but I think a lot of my inspirations to write and influences to write come more from like the TV world. We like The League of Gentlemen, Inside Number Nine, like Reesha Smith, Steve Pemberton, yeah. and a lot um, like Russell T Davis, Like he's got a book called The Writer's Tale which the a series of emails between him uh, and a journalist called Ben while he was writing series four of Doctor Who. Read that in a caravan in Cromer and then tried to write a Doctor Who fan script. So yeah, sort of a mixture of all of that is, I guess, why I'm here and writing now.
0: Yeah, I, I love those inspirations. I'm currently in Edinburgh at the moment and I like Doctor Who and they've currently got the, the World of Wonders which is like the exhibition thing. And it's at the Mm. National Museum of Scotland. And I might go today because it's my last day in Edinburgh today. So that's just a little, you know, segue into you talking about Dr. Fear writer's tale. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So obviously you took that sace to the Vault Festival this year. What was the audience reaction like to the show? And was it kind of the reaction that you wanted as a writer to the piece?
1: It was kind of amazing, really. Yeah. Like I had sort of a moment before the first show where I'm sure James, the producer, has a more vivid memory of this. Because obviously it was quite a nervous day. And I think we sort of filtered in the audience. And I know I turned to him and I was like, I don't know anyone. And I suddenly realised that like everything else I'd put on, like uni, obviously, was all people I knew from uni or like friends and family. Who were seeing it And I remember looking around the room And I was, there was about 35 people And I was like I know maybe five or six of them And I suddenly got very, very nervous I was like What if people who don't know me Or don't like know my style Don't like it But luckily It, it seemed to get really big laughs We got as I say some lovely reviews, but the audience members who I really enjoyed, especially talking to in the bar afterwards, you know, I could always be found in the bar afterwards, which is the best thing to do after theatre, was other asexual people who'd come to see it. And I know, because obviously there isn't much asexual representation in any form of media, but especially in theatre. And I know having a lot of people, asexual people, asexual women a lot, come up to me afterwards and sort of just them saying they felt really represented by it and they really enjoyed seeing it on stage. I know some people had traveled from quite far outside of. London to come in and see the show because it was about asexuality and because they wanted to see themselves represented. Yeah, it made me very emotional each time. Those were some kind of wonderful, beautiful conversations that the show sparked to be able to have with people afterwards. And I think, yeah, that's what we're trying to do with the King's Head Run is sort of reach more of those people so that they can come and feel represented and hopefully have more wonderful conversations afterwards in the bar.
0: Yeah, I guess that's what, like you say, is great about the Vault Festival because obviously you're underground underneath Waterloo and, you know, you're able to get that audience out and people do stick around maybe because they're seeing a later show or whatever you can just grab their reactions straight away especially you know with a with a week-long run at the vault festival you're there you know wanting to you know really understand the audience because you want this show to have a further life now it has with the king's head theatre it is really lovely talk to me a little bit then about representation then and about this you know the asexual representation why do you think it's so important that we keep representing all different sides of the spectrum and what would be your ideal challenge or future for this show with the representation that it you know provides with the play i think representation
1: is vitally important partially for like educational reasons i guess like asexuality isn't very known about and people yet just don't know about it very much so i think the more you can get it out there the more people see it as something and the more people might feel represented by it. But also I think for a lot of people growing up, it is sometimes tricky to figure out your sexuality. And you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of labels out there and there's a lot of different ways people can feel. Certainly I first heard about asexuality just from Googling on the internet and like found it on the internet. Whereas and then later there's a obviously Todd in Bojack Horseman is asexual. But I think the more representation get out there, the more people can see something like that represented. Hopefully they won't grow up being like, oh where do I fit in? I don't feel like normal. I don't feel like everyone else. They can grow up feeling, oh, like maybe that's my place and they can explore that and have more of a framework and a boundary to explore something like that and not have to feel different and feel valid and beautiful and fine. Play with The King's Head Run and with future lives of the show, just getting out to asexual people or questioning people and young people to give them that representation and hopefully give them what I think is a really beautiful show with a really lovely character that they can grasp onto and feel represented by.
0: Yeah, and like so- you were saying earlier on as well, it's lovely to have the reviews of the show, but You really just want to be able to hear from the people... Who it really speaks to, because reviewers, you know, may not be asexual or on the spectrum of LGBT plus. Like it's super important that you know you're listening to these people who it really mm. represents, which is what's so lovely and probably is the biggest takeaway from the show. But for audiences then who are listening to this and want to come and see the show at the King's Head Theatre, what would you like them to take away from the show?
1: I think what I'd like them to take away from the show, obviously, it seems to have worked so far. Like even the non-asexual people and non-asexual reviewers have all taken something away from it I know one of my mates who came who's like you know a bloke in his late 30s was like I'm literally like you know not asexual a bloke whatever and he was like I really related to the character I think there is something in there for everyone but I hope it to be a very sweet intimate personal story i think the phrase i've used is like they leave the theater feeling better than when they walked in like it's a very perfect for sp- spring it's a very sweet wholesome tale and hopefully yeah they feel a real love for the character and yeah a desire to see them go on that journey and then leave feeling feeling good about life and feeling good about
0: themselves hopefully <laughs> no i that, <laughs> it sounds wonderful so johnny i want to move on to advice that you might have for aspiring writers. Who want to come into the industry? I loved the story that you were talking about, where where you just had no Wi Fi, so you just managed to write, and it's and it's wonderful when you don't have the technology and internet around to, you know, actually, like you say, go onto YouTube, watch videos, watch Netflix, whatever it is that everybody does on their laptop. You just are able to write. What advice would you have for people who are coming into writing?
1: I think the advice that I would give would be, in a weird way, be careful what advice you take, because I think there's a lot of like writing self-help books that are like, this is how you write, whereas everyone writes differently, and every writing process is valid as how people do it. But I think also To think about the sense of Writing isn't necessarily Just the act of Sitting behind a laptop And typing up a script Or typing up a novel Or whatever they're writing Like it is just kind of You know If you put two characters In the back of your head And they talk to each other Or if you're just You know Daydreaming about A project or an idea I've recently got into Just writing in the notes app On my phone on the tube Um, And honestly I've been so much more productive Because previously I tried to do it by hand And if you've ever tried To do anything by hand On the tube It doesn't work Um, Yeah so I think writing can be anything, even if it's just sat daydreaming about something that could lead to something. Even if you're watching like this morning or watching the news, you can pick up some wacky story or like a tidbit of a of dialogue you could use later yeah and it's all about soaking that in and then I think advice that I've said to people before is and this is something I do or I sort of picked up from uni is don't just watch things that you like because yes you'll learn what you like but it's almost sometimes more useful to watch things that you hate and work out why you hate them yes and like and it's not a judgment on them it, it's just a personal taste thing. but I think sometimes if you watch the best film ever like you know you sit down and watch like and everything everywhere all at once and you're like that's brilliant but it's just brilliant it feels daunting and then like how do I do that if you then watch a film that you really don't like or a piece of theatre that you really don't like you can be like well why didn't I like that how would I have made it different and I think that's an equally important part of like picking up your own style and your own way of making theatre by not just being intimidated by what's brilliant by finding things you don't quite like and being like well how would
0: I change that through my style, to be good. Yeah, Yeah. wonderful, wonderful. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for coming on to talk about That's Ace, which is coming to the King's Head Theatre from the 2nd to the 6th of May 2023. Johnny, before I let you go, I've got one final question for you, and it is the title of this podcast, That's the Stagey Place. And what I love to ask all of my guests on the podcast is whereabouts their stagey place is. So, Johnny, this for you could be the theatre that you ever first visited as a child and really inspired inspired you, you know, even just to get into theatre didn't have to be into writing. Like you say, it can be inspirations, it could be Steve Pemberton, it can be Russell T. Davis, anybody that has really inspired your writing. Or it doesn't even have to be a theatre or a person, but it can just be a space that you enjoy and are most creative. So, Johnny Brace, whereabouts is your stagey place?
1: I think my stagey place would have to be the living room of my parents' house that they still live in where I grew up. Because I hadn't really thought about this in years, but then I watched Rob Madge's show, My Sons Are Queer, What Can You Do? And I had a very vivid flashback to, like, yes, having a Captain Hook outfit and a Peter outfit and just improvising a show for my mum in my living room and just that kind of first act of being in a stagey way creative i'm sure led me on my journey to here so yeah my mum's wonderful living room that she still lives in today
0: that's wonderful do you have <laughs> clips <laughs> of you doing that like like rob did show throughout the show do you have clips of you in the in the peter pan outfits
1: i probably got photos probably an old vhs tape somewhere of me annoying my family while dressed as Captain Hook. I will have to go back to my mum and find out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, that, that is an exploration and a discovery for you to find out. But Johnny, <laughs> that's the end of our podcast then today. Talking about That's Ace. Once again, I'll repeat it. It is at the King's Head Theatre from the 2nd until the 6th of May 2023. It sounds like a fantastic production and I hope that people who listen to this weeks ahead of the show being on at the King's Head Theatre are able to get their tickets and can see the love and response that you had from the Vault Festival and would like to come and see it at the King's Head Theatre. Johnny, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And there we go. That was my interview with Johnny Brace, the writer of That Ace, which is transferring to the King's Head Theatre after a run at the Vault Festival from the 2nd until the 6th of May, 2023. Like I said in the intro, it sounds like a fantastic production. I'm really excited to hopefully being able to make it down to London to come and see the show at the King's Head Theatre. And I would love to know if any of you guys are looking to travel to come and see the show or has seen the show already at the Vault Festival. So if you have, head over to our Instagram or Twitter at the Stagey Place, and let us know in the comments of the post introducing this episode. It'll be really nice to hear what people have thought about the show so far in preparation for the show at the King's Head Theatre from the 2nd until the 6th of May. And so that's it here on the Stagey Place for this week. I'd love to thank you all so much for listening once again to our interview with Johnny. My name's Bean Elliott, and until I hear from you next, I hope you're keeping safe and staying stagey. Goodbye.